0: Hello and welcome to the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast. We share stories, tips, and strategies for coaching the mental game of softball. I'm Melanie Rushing and I'll be joined shortly by Alicia Smith and a replay of one of our most downloaded episodes with an added twist at the end. In honor of the special guests we're bringing in for the next round of the Softball Coaches Culture Bootcamp, I'm bringing you back this episode. They'll be joining us Sunday, July 5th to share their process and philosophy on building team culture. Then we'll take their tips and advice and apply them to our own team and coaching styles. As I re listen to this episode, it was awesome to hear how they speak to everything we cover in the bootcamp. So at the end of this episode, I'll recap exactly how you can apply all the ideas you've gotten from this episode into your own Teamwork program. Alrighty, let's get going. Please welcome back from University of Michigan, Coach Hutch and Bonnie Thole.
1: Well, excited to be
0: here
2: with you.
3: Thanks for having us. Okay, guys, we're going to jump into culture because we love to talk about culture here on the Mental Sweet Spot podcast and really believe it's... The, the genuine base of the foundation of everything that creates a successful program. So if you could describe your current team's culture in three words or less, what would they be?
2: Well, I would say it's as simple as this. It's about Michigan. Everything we do, we are all just servants for the University of Michigan. The opportunity we have, the privilege we have, and that's the number one thing we try to teach our young women is, this isn't about you, this is about Michigan.
1: And I would jump on that as well, and say that um, really we we try to aim for respect and accountability, and to me that's generational. It's um, it deals in terms of um, our past and our present, and so if we think about respect and accountability, then um, it it keeps it's like checks and balances for us as a staff and um, the student athletes that we mentor. Coach, do you feel
3: like that's been uh, you said generational. Have you noticed a difference in your time there at Michigan between the generations? And is it more difficult than it has been in the past or just different?
1: Well, I'd say that it that, um, it could be different in a little bit of terms. Um, I think that kids are a little bit more distracted. You know, they have a lot of the social media outlets, a lot of other things to distract them that uh, maybe 15, 20 years ago, student athletes didn't have access to. And I think that kids all yearn for the same connection with their coaches, with their teammates, with their program than people did 20 years ago. Um, But, you know, I I think, you know, when I talk generational, I I think about the people that, um, that have graduated from our program and that have chosen to stay in touch with Michigan softball because they realize that it's been such a unique and special moment in their lives. And they had they've carried on to their, you know, their lives as professionals and their family lives, um, their community leader lives, and uh, and I think that's a little bit different with the kids now. We're teaching our current kids how to be accountable to each other, and um, coming from a system where, you know, maybe their culture was uh, they were maybe self absorbed. Whether it was everybody has their own hitting coach and pitching coach, and everything is pretty individualistic. It's pretty interesting in a team culture, how things can be so individualistic. And then you look on, on social media and, and that is just encouraged. And so I think that we have to spend a little bit more time trying the to get the student-athletes to connect with each other on more than just a superficial level. And I think that's, what, that's a little bit different than maybe it was 20 years ago.
2: Well, I just, although I think I would really add to that is, is everything that uh, the student-athletes uh, and prospects do prior to getting to college is not as team-oriented as maybe it used to be. Uh, we used to play a lot more seven-inning games, play to win, um, and everything the kids do these days is really just uh, to showcase the talent that they have. They don't begin to practice as much. They do a lot of um, cage hitting and, and uh, infield uh you know, they go their infield coach, and then they go to their running coach, and it's all about them. And again, we come back to what the biggest thing you try to create in your culture is that you are just a part of the culture. You're a piece of the program, and everybody has an obligation to make the program great. You're just one of the spokes in the wheel, and, and that is definitely something that we've always had to teach, but uh, I think now we have um, we have more history of kids who who didn't get taught it at the youth level much at all.
0: Yeah, we see that. And we've heard it from coaches at all levels. The the style of travel ball now is getting very individualized. And it's the challenge as they get to college to then bring them back to, okay, now we are a team and we're not going to get anywhere without each other. Right? So what are some of the things that you've done to encourage our girls to understand the importance of working together and putting aside all the other stuff that has been trained into them.
1: You know, some of the things we've done that we've, we've really tried to connect a little bit more with them. I think, um, you know, allowing your student athletes to, even though there is more of an age gap as we continue to age, um, allowing them to see that our vulnerabilities as well and i think that allows them to to see us in a more humanistic light as opposed to just absolute coach player um you know i i think that they then see that we're we're not just concerned with their output we're actually concerned about them as a human being and um and that might you know start A better connection. And I think that that's something that we've tried to do over the last few years because we have seen how much time they stay plugged into their um, social media accounts or to their phone. And I think that, um, you know, things that we've been spending more time doing is um, getting to know them better and, you know, allowing them time to ask us questions. And, and I think a part of it too, is, is not just as a coach, you, you dole out, um, you know, commands. I don't think that's the best way to communicate with, with today's student athlete. I think the best way is to ask questions and to ask questions to see where they are emotionally and ask questions to see, um, you know, where their, the connection isn't, isn't as true as maybe it was a few years ago. And, um, you know, when they get a chance to, to speak their mind and feel like they have a voice, I think that it just creates a, so much better dialogue for the coach and the uh, student athlete.
2: Well, and, and just the challenges that we give them on a daily and weekly basis, as we prepare for our, you know, ultimately our season, we, we try to, um, you know, they work in partners, Whether we give them tasks where they, as a team, have to have to work together, and they realize that the the outcome we're looking for is is what the team achieves and not just what they achieve, and we we certainly do a lot with their own individual competitiveness. But um, whether it's um, uh, we do a every year we have a a couple different challenges. One that's we call the Oklahoma City Challenge, and literally we put them on on four different teams where they all have to overcome the task, and whoever you know, does it the best, the team wins and the team is rewarded. And, um, we, we just, and everything, as I say, was you're a leader, everything has to start with you. And the messages that we send daily, which the messages are, we, not me.
1: I like to jump on that too, because, you know, we we talk about culture and culture can be seen so much as an, as a noun, right? Like what is a culture, but I don't think culture is something that we are, you know, Michigan softball culture, um, I think it's ever changing. I think it's something that we do and, um, you know, culture is not a destination because it, it deserves constant attention. And so, you know, our culture, even though it may to the outside world seem that Michigan softball culture is, um, is something that has been stable for a long time I think that it's ever changing because you know the characters in the cast change people graduate new people come into the program um, so we're constantly teaching values that maybe are unfamiliar to some people and um, so I think it's something culture is something that we do on a daily basis and um, you know there's not one specific formula other than to try to get your student athletes um, to be more of a mentality of what can I give to this experience? What can I give to this program as opposed to what can I get from this experience and what can I get from this program? Um, and so I, I, I just think that it, it it eliminates that, that selfish mentality in, um, you know, creates, creates a culture of, of selflessness.
3: I, I love that because that's kind of where, what or what has been really important to me in my in my high school program for such a long time is is to develop not only kids that are ready for the next level but for life, but also making sure that they understand that they're they are supposed to leave the program better than what it was when they came in. And what are the things like you mentioned? What could you do for the program uh, instead of the other way around? So I think my challenge as well has been learning Um, because I've been coaching for a long time too. So learning that generation gap and continuing to work to um, constantly know these kids and get to understand what makes them tick, but also how do you motivate them? So my question is, what have you done differently now, maybe than you did five or 10 years ago, um, when it comes to maybe getting to know the kids other than just asking questions? Have you done things with team bonding or has anything changed to kind of how you've gotten to know them over time?
2: Well, I, I think last year we, we really recognized that we, we needed to spend more time with our student athletes and whether individually. And so uh, as a staff, we committed to making sure that we each of us took each of the classes, whether it was out for dinner, out for a milkshake, um, you know, went to some type of um, setting where it was um, social. So it wasn't about softball, it wasn't about you know, measuring what they did well and what they didn't do well. It was just about interacting and talking about their families and talking about their their weekends or their Christmas breaks and um, and spending time with that. And and this year we're we're kind of taking the group and we're gonna uh, divvy up so we have different kids that report to us in a setting outside of softball. And uh, report being a kind of a strong word, but that where we are going to go out of our way to have different type of interactions with them. And um, again, making it so that they feel safer with us when it isn't just about whether I'm going to measure their, their success or give them a chance to play or not to play. Uh, we recognize that we actually uh, have probably always done that to a degree. But over the years, I always found there were certain the kids who needed more attention usually found a way to get your attention. And nowadays, um, they don't necessarily even know how to do that so we've taken it upon ourselves to make ourselves a little more available to them off the field um and text them uh you know that we we use the um the phone it's their favorite uh medium and whether i just text them how did your test go i had a kid that had to drive chicago this weekend i'm like don't drive back and if it's icy i'd rather have you miss class just let them know that we um we think about them um so i think those things have just uh with the ability to. Communicate with them. We communicate all the time, but rarely in person.
1: Yeah, I think those are things that happen, um, have happened in the past, as Hutch said, more organically. And now we're just having to plan out a few more things. And you plan out when you have those, um, when you have that dialogue. And so if you don't put it in your schedule, as you know, things can get kind of hectic and crazy, and you can start getting really softball and X and O's focused, um, but real. Really, we're um, we're in the people business, and so the more that your student athletes can know about you and hear about you outside of the softball field, uh, the better connection it becomes. And right, those things happen organically a few years back. Now we just have to plan them into um, into our schedule.
0: Yeah, I totally understand that because even. Me as a D3 coach, I'm thinking like, OK, how do I plan more time to have conversations?
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, the structure of the day is so, you know, they go to class from eight to two, basically. And, uh, you know, we're down on the, a different end of campus and we have everything self-contained, but coming back and forth isn't very feasible in between classes. And we get here, <laughs> we're on a clock. I mean, used to be their the clock wasn't so uh, rigid. And so um, some of it is just. Is, is flat out can be challenging in today's world for everybody, but uh, we've learned that um, the things that are going to help you be successful, whether you count those in wins or just in, um, you know, last year we told our team, if we could just be a great team and be selfless mm-hmm. and treat each other with respect. And our big theme last year was respect. We felt we'd lost a little bit of that maybe along the way. That was, was how we were going to judge our season. And I thought we had a very successful season because we we were able to, able to reestablish our respect as a program for each other, and um, that's how we how we judge things and the success on the field will typically take care of itself if you can um, create those uh, other areas but we have to spend the time on it. you have to take the time it's more important than hitting and catching and throwing it
0: What are some things that you guys do on the field during drills, the way you communicate with them that help them see like, okay, they, they respect me as a player enough to correct me when I need it, to call me out when I need it, to boost me up when I need it. What are some things that you guys in your particular styles do to let the girls know that you have respect for
1: them and the game as well? Well, I'll tell you one thing I, you know, I can say this about Hutch The, you know, why she's such a good leader is, She's able to convey and speak truth in challenging times. And um, I think that's the one thing that doesn't matter what generation you come from. um, Deep down, kids do truly trust and respect honesty. And, um, you know, presentation is a big thing. You know, I think that is as long as you're consistent with your presentation. And Hutch's presentation is a little bit different than my presentation, presentation and coaching style, and that's okay as long as we're consistent with our presentation and consistent with our message. Um, you know, I think that they they learn to listen to the message as opposed to get caught up in um, the way it's 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 being delivered um, whether it's a high-pitched voice or or not um, and emotions are a part of it I don't think that we can um, ignore emotions but I think that as long as you're consistent in your messages in and, and they see that uh, you truly you truly you know care for the mission of your program and care for them as people um, you know I think it starts with that.
2: Well, I I just think of um, how different uh, our coaching staff is. We have uh, Bonnie and I. Bonnie came back to the program after she had been a player here and coached elsewhere and came back in 94. And we brought Jen Brundage in in 99. And all the three of us are still plugging away together. And we could not be more different, all three of us. And the kids are very aware of that. And I think that, that we are very consistent in that regard. But we also, um, we, we use it for a plus. And there are certainly days where um, I just want anybody to tell me, yeah, that's a good idea, Hutch. But you know what? It's usually not a good idea if the other two don't think it is. So we have to, um, we have the respect amongst ourselves, even though in our staff meeting, you might wonder about that. We can get pretty heated. But we respect the fact that when we walk out the door, every one of us is just trying to make Michigan softball as good as it can be. And the investment by the staff is equal it's not well the head coach is the most invested um and I think that does trickle down to the kids and when the kids leave the program and the the seniors stand up at their senior banquet they all talk about about their coaches and and what they did enjoy about us and and for Bonnie they they talk about they've never met a more passionate person for what she's doing and they talk about the levity that Jen Brundage brings to every situation and of course Um, me, it's usually all over mostly with like, you know, and you're crazy, but it's a good crazy. Um, but I think that the consistency that goes with that, um, and the fact that we ultimately have respect for getting it right, not just being right. The kids see that every day. I love
0: that. And it's so important to me to point out that you can have completely different coaching styles and still be extremely effective as a staff. I'd almost say if you guys can get on the same page, it's better to have different styles because then the girls can come to a different coach depending on their particular style.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you find some kids that are definitely drawn more to one of us than the other. They feel safer. They just, they resonate. Um, and you find some that go back and forth depending on finding who's going to say what they want to hear, but they, they <laughs> <Yeah. soon laughs> learn that you know, they're not ever going to hear just what they want to hear. And um, I do believe that, uh, their ability to trust you starts with you being not, not just respectful of them, but respect is tell, giving people the, the honest truth. Mm-hmm. And um, it, kids see through anything less. They see through when you're blowing smoke. They see through false encouragement or giving them false false positives, so to speak. Um, and I always tell kids, you, when you come to play for me, you will love that I'm straight up and you will hate it. Um, but ultimately, I think um, once they learn, you know, they have to learn how to, you know, we all have to learn each other. So uh, I try to meet them where they are. But honestly, I can't leave them where they are. I'm trying to get them where, the, where we're trying to go.
0: Ooh, that's a quotable. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: quotable. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Okay, where was this?
0: I need to quote yeah, this Yeah, mark out. that
3: down. We got to
0: I love it. All just right. kind of take a left turn here. Now I want to ask about the athletes themselves and how you guys coach the – latest generation because every generation has its own quirks right what are some things as far as the mental game that you've seen kids are coming in kind of struggling a little bit more with and then you help them throughout their four years hopefully get a grip on by the time they graduate
2: well if there's one thing we we started adding this a few years ago and and it was kind of hit or miss uh but the meditation aspect of being able to slow your mind down to stay focused on something for more than the average of six or seven seconds, which I think is the national average for this age group. Um, And we have, at Michigan, we have tremendous resources. We have in-house counselors. We have um, specialists who who come in once a week and, and literally take our kids to meditation, relaxation exercises. We've done restorative yoga with them. And first of all, teaching them how to slow down so they can be focused. When it's time to focus in whether it's in the heat of battle, whether it's in the, you know, they're walking into their hardest test of their life. Um, We have spent a lot more time on that aspect alone. And I think the other aspect we've spent more time on is in our daily practice settings, um, always competing because they have not spent a lot of time competing. It's not totally comfortable for them not to compete. But the fact that now it's so much more challenging to compete against everybody that's as good or better than you, Um, we have to set up a lot more competitive situations and get them used to what's going to occur on game day. Okay. I
0: want to be respectful of your time, but I've got so many questions. I'm going to do one more and then a wrap up. (laughs) Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about something like the OKC Challenge, Um, something specific that coaches at all levels can take to start building in that competitive atmosphere?
2: Well, uh, Rachel Lawson said it at a clinic I was at recently. I've uh, definitely uh, heard this before and uh, took it to heart a few years ago. If you can measure it, you can improve it. And so how do we, um, we set up all sorts of things, whether it's um, this uh, semester in the batting cage, we're going to chart. They walk in and they're hitting off the pitching machine or something. Uh, Take a note, um, keep track of their well-hit balls. Because all of a sudden it becomes, they go from what can be mindless repetition to paying attention to every ball they swing at, and um, measuring. Uh, we have some cool devices, you know, the flight scope and the, the um, hit tracks, which maybe you've heard of, and it measures your exit velocities, it measures it measures your distances, and again, things that they are quantitative that they can they can definitely improve on. And um, then we'll put them in situations where it's it's me versus Bonnie and who's going to have five swings and the best exit velos and and make it com- competitive for them. And, um, you know, there's I tell them, you know, the goal of everything we do is to win it. You know, it's not to be perfect at it. You don't have to have the perfect swing. We're just trying to put them in a position to to want to win what they're doing and to be the best they can be. And so when they walk into their test, I want you got to go in there to be the best you can be and, and win the test. and. Um, you know, so we, we've taken to measuring more things during practice. Um, Jen Brundage has done this for really well with our pitchers over the years. And I think they've, they've been very consistently competitive It's just, uh, challenges against each other challenges against the drill, winning the drill. And sometimes they don't win it. We're just like, well, you didn't win it today. You know what? Come back tomorrow, have a better approach. We talk, try to teach them how to have a better approach. Make sure you have a good attitude towards it. But um, they don't always get to win. These aren't always set up, so they win them. Because sometimes you lose, and then you have to turn around and rebound and, and respond. Uh, so I think and those are challenges for us, getting kids to not just checklist. And I, I did that today, and I worked at this today. This is all about ultimately being the best you can be, and, and that's competing with yourself every day.
1: I'm just going to add on to that with the OKC Challenge. I think that's something um, obviously we spend a lot of time in strength and conditioning and getting them as powerful and as explosive as we can um, for our sport, for first step quickness, for um, offensive power. And so that does show up in Oklahoma City Challenge, but basically we're taking the bats and balls away from them. And it is just pure grit and competition. And as Hutch just explained, you know, a lot of these kids have gone through, um, you know, workouts, whether it was here at Michigan or prior to getting to Michigan or getting to their college team. And, um, they've gone through a checklist and they've gone through their workouts and they've completed this. And yes, I've taken, you know, a hundred ground balls and I've, I should be getting better when there's a huge element to that competitiveness in the mental part of the game that is left um, really neglected because they've just gone through, I've taken a hundred ground balls, but really did you put yourself in that mindset and the mind frame of competing? Like, am I getting a little bit better? Am I making my angle of my throw um, to the target base a little bit more difficult each time I take those repetitions because, that gives them that element of, of competitiveness that um, sometimes they're lacking in. That's what we try to accomplish when we're doing um, challenge drills and Oklahoma City drills. It's just pure grit getting through something when it's not seventy and sunny outside,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know. And I think um, for us to really prepare them for the hard knocks of life and the realities of life that's going to occur outside this college softball bubble, um, we have to really stretch them. And, you know, as we know, that's what, when growth occurs is, um, when you have to execute something outside your comfort zone and you're not always successful doing it. And, um, you know, but then on top of, of really making them go through some of those adversities, um, circling back around so that they know like, Hey, you know, what can I do to help you feel better prepared for life? Not just better prepared for softball, but better prefer- prepared, um, you know, when you leave Ann Arbor, when you leave this place. And, you know, in the short term, we're here trying to uh, to earn a valuable degree and and win softball games. But in the long term, you're going to be leading your families and you're going to be leading your, your career fields and you're going to be leading a lot of people in your community. So that's... um that's the challenges that we try to you know impart on them and really try to empower them
0: oh man such good stuff right and that is why they've been around and successful for so long now what exactly can we take from it because i am all about taking things and putting them into action let's take a look so, in our boot camp, if you don't know, we go through five days of what we call the Dream Team Blueprint. There's a past episode on it, uh, but now we've streamlined it and made it even more actionable. So, on day one, we talk about finding out your why. And what they were talking about is having that respect and accountability for the program and the team. It's all about Michigan, right? And I think another way we can reach, especially today's generation, is to teach them it's not we over me because then you kind of lose yourself in that process instead we talk about me for we so taking care of myself in service of the team and something bigger they've been taught all their lives to do their best and get better and better and focus on improving their skills which tends to lead to them being selfish right what if you could give them a bigger vision of how they could use all of that talent, all of that effort, all of that motivation for something bigger than them? And that is why we start the bootcamp on day one with figuring out your why. You gotta figure out yours first. What motivates you? What gets you going? What lights you up? What keeps you coming back? If you can reconnect with your why faster, you can stay motivated and really serve your team better. And that is day one of the bootcamp. So day two, we talk about your culture and they talked about a couple key things here as far as connecting with the team and communicating in your own style. So we'll be talking about both of them, um, how to incorporate it into practice time and reach out to them outside of practice to let them see you're a human without losing that, that coach athlete dynamic of being a mentor to them and then communicating your own style honestly and in a way that they respond to. Uh, so, if you're more positive, great, but make sure you're also being honest and kind when they need a little boost or a little kick in the butt. <laughs> if you are very direct, make sure you're also taking care of the kids who need a little bit of a softer touch. That all goes into your culture. What exactly do you want this team to be, and how are you going to do it? And then the next day, day three, we dig into your standards. So this is getting really actionable here, what it does and doesn't look like. Because as Bonnie said, culture isn't what you are, it's what you do. Of course, there's always going to be an overarching mm, theme, if you will, or feeling around this team. Like we are the team that's selfless. We are the team that works hard. But every single team is different because like she said, the personnel changes and the year changes. Other things are always going on. And so it deserves constant attention. And while that can seem overwhelming at first, it's just like the physical skills. You know exactly what you want and don't want in a swing. You know what you want and don't want from your pictures. So now we're going to define it for your culture as well. And then the next day, we're going to talk about your mindset. Day four is all about bringing in those mindset aspects like what they were talking about meditation and slowing down using breathing we're going to talk about how to build mental skills like imagery making sure that they can deal with distractions because there are so many of them for this generation right and show up ready for the day so that all this work you do in the culture doesn't get blown by doubts distractions drama (laughs) you know all the typical things that pop into our kids minds and then finally on day five, we're going to create your game plan. So they talked about a couple of great things here that we will be touching on. Uh, First thing is charting, Um, having a game plan, making games, doing drills, giving them something a little bit more tangible to see their mentality and their culture coming to life. Because right now it really is an intangible thing. Um, so, bringing that into our daily practice. And then also giving them the chance to fail. With our process, we've talked th- about this before. We do teach, train, ingrain. So, teaching it is all the stuff uh, above where we're teaching them what we want, how to do it. Training is letting them practice it, but ingraining is the tough part. That's when we coaches have to step back, let the girls compete with themselves. Like Hutch said, it's either a win or a fail. Some days you don't get to win. Some days it's actually structured for them to fail and figure out how to come back stronger the next day. Have some consequences, have it feel a little bit tough (laughs) like game day because hey, something's going to feel that way and as long as we can show them the way through that, we're going to set them up for success in the end. So just to recap, before we even start the boot camp, we're going to have Michigan on so you can watch them live, see them on video talking about their culture and showing you how they build it every day. And if you join VIP, you can actually come on live to our Zoom call with Michigan so you can ask them specific questions pertaining to your culture or things that you're dealing with or maybe players or parents that you have on your team that you would love some advice on along with some other things for VIP. So you can check that out in a minute. And then starting on Monday, we're going to go through your Dream Team Blueprint step-by-step. First from your perspective as a coach, and then you're going to take this and take it back to your team to get their input. So day one is your why. Day two is your culture. Day three is your standards. Day four, your mindset. And finally, day five is your game plan so that you can walk away with a completed one page Dream Team Blueprint that you can keep checking in on, keep going back to, and make sure you keep improving all season long even if your travel ballers are in the middle of uh, a strange but still a season right now we still want our girls to play as a team and learn these skills and improve or my high school coaches who are already planning on getting back and trying to keep in touch with their girls or you college coaches who are doing your best to keep recruiting we've got our d3 nai juco's out at the fields trying to socially distance while they watch some ball and then our d2 d1 folks trying to watch from home it's a bit nuts but at the same time, when we get back to full speed, it will happen. We need to make sure we hit the ground running. And that is why I want to provide these boot camps for you all so you can keep going, not lose any momentum, and build even stronger teams so that we can teach our players these skills of teamwork and commitment and passion, right? So if you're interested, please check out culturebootcamp.com and join me in a couple of weeks. It's gonna start on July 5th. Thank you again for joining me, have a good one.